Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Ballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Psychic Psychic Josh is there on the other end of his Skype phone. Hello, Josh. Boydo. Great to be back once again. Yeah. And we've got another retro special guest following on from Ben Winston last week, Dermot O'Leary the week before, or was it the week before that? Luke um, Yeah, footballistically Arsenal legend, Dan Baldwin is back. Hello, Dan. Hello, Boyd. Hello, Josh. It's so great to have you. The last time we heard you on this podcast, Dan, was uh, in the car on the way back from Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah, that was... I was a few sheets to the wind. Um, <laughs> that was a uh, that was a very memorable game, and and I can't remember any of the journey home. How about that? I remember it being well, about seven hours about... long. Yeah, I remember it being taken about seven hours, and um, there was a very nice bottle of wine um, amidst all the drink that we consumed <laughs> there was one the, the, the wine was extraordinary it was so nice yeah I remember, that's what i remember and i remember you getting really angry dan about pepe and we had quite a discussion about pepe look i i can <laughs> pick that pepe baton up and run with that again because i'm, I'm sure you can because i i'm still not happy with pepe not <laughs> you know two free kicks aren't gonna make me happy about pepe let me tell you two free kicks and loads of dribbling yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Um, anyway, we should say that, um, Dan, in case listeners don't know, I mean, I'm sure everyone does, but Dan Baldwin is, um, used to be pretty much a regular weekly, uh, guest on this podcast going back years along with Ben Winston. And, um, you were very early on the get rid of Arsene Wenger, um, yeah. kind of, uh, bandwagon if you like, you were there first. You started the bandwagon in many ways, I would say. Well, yeah. Um, well, you started... <laughs> Yeah, I was um, I was the 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 Paul to Ben Winston's Barry chuckle. Um, I think that's <laughs> fair to say. That is fair to say. Yeah. Um, and in case people don't know, you are also one of our one of the British television's leading um, bigwigs. Your company, Hungry Bear, makes um, well the moment you've got all round to Mrs. Brown's, haven't you, on Saturday night? Yeah. Michael McIntyre's Big Show, which is also Saturday yeah. Night's BBC. Um, Breaking Dad, which is one of the biggest factual shows on ITV with Bradley Walsh and his son Barney going around different countries. Um, yeah, so, we, yeah, we make quite a few bits. Just got a, a Netflix special with McIntyre coming out as well, stand-up special. So we've got quite a few things. And even even in these crazy lockdown days, we're still... I have had more Zoom calls today <laughs> than I care to ever have again. 
Yeah, those Zoom calls. You're not using Microsoft Teams. We use Microsoft Teams at Bauer at my in my magazine uh, company. No, which is their, you know, yeah, it's their version of um, Zoom. No, Dan, we're Zoom. Dan, do you do exciting backgrounds or just just leave it as your actual backgrounds? Because I've no, seen a lot I, of people switching it up. No, I'm uh, I'm an actual background. The Golden Gate Bridge doesn't do it for me. I'm an actual background kind of guy. <laughs> Get some books. And behind. are you? Yeah, get some books. And we'll talk about Arsenal in a minute. But are you, and how are you coping generally with the with the virus, with the kind of lockdown? So you got three kids, we should say. Do, do you know who's just text me as I'm sitting Go on. here? Go on. Colin Colin Lewin, the old Arsenal. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. Who we had on our podcast, didn't we, Josh? Yes, we did. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, did. It was yeah. great. Yeah, he's just he just texted. He said, "I heard you're on the Arsenal podcast this week." I don't know how he knows Twitter. Um, um, and he said, uh, I'll listen to it when it comes out. How are you? Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, we did we we must get, get Colin yeah, back again for a round two, Boyd. I feel there were, there were yeah, we stories and things. Back. We're going to get him back. We'd love right. to. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of nice nice um, responses on Twitter. Um, Bobby McKenna, in fact, I was going to quote him. He said, love getting the old schoolers back together. Um, it is nice, but so I was asking you, yeah, how are you coping with the whole lockdown situation with your kids and um, yeah, all of that? So, so, so um, Holly, my wife, um, uh, to listeners, she hosts this morning with Philip Schofield, um, and um, we've had a studio set up in the back of our house, uh, in case Holly can't go in, um, ah. in case one of us gets it, and uh, that's sitting there. Um, full setup, lights, camera. We just have to press record. Wow! If she has to wow. go into isolation, um, but it's it's you know it's strange for us because, in a way, you know everything's changed for me and my working day. But Holly's still going in to work, and she's still seen. You know, she's seen as a key worker, so she's still going yeah, yeah. this morning. Um, and as you'll know uh, from your telly days, Boyd. Uh, she, it's very different from her though because she drives herself in, parks up, goes down. She does her own hair and makeup, wardrobe, comes up as always, uh, distancing herself, and uh, yeah. and and everything happens. And I think actually she's quite enjoying it, not to have everyone involved and people there. And I think she's actually uh, quite liking it in in that sense that it feels so different and freeing. Um, yeah. But, you know, she's still going out every single day, which is a weird feeling for the family because when she comes in, then you're hoping that she hasn't been near someone or touched something or, you know, something's happened. Yeah, yeah. She might have got it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, this morning is an absolute staple. All of that, all of those ITV daytime shows, well, Good Morning Britain, this, this morning particularly, are keeping people... Like people are obsessed with them, aren't they? Day in, day yeah. out. F- viewing yeah. figures must be huge. Yeah, viewing um, figures are viewing figures are really high, and also, you know, people need routine in their life in this sort of yeah in the in the world yeah. we're in. They they need, you know, they need a sense that in, when they turn on the telly, Phil and Holly are there, and and they're there and they're doing their job, and you can find information from you that isn't in a ranty way like Piers will do it. You know, sometimes you don't want. You know, when Piers is yeah. shouting at me in people's faces and you're like, Piers, shut up. Um, you know, <laughs> it's quite good then to watch this morning and have that information in a non-shouty way. And I think that uh, I think that there's probably a lot of comfort for a lot of people at home seeing Phil and Holly on the telly. Yeah, although as long as it's not Eamon Holmes talking about um, 5G. Oh, what, what is Eamon? Like, <laughs> like, Eamon has literally gone mad. He has gone, he's having a breakdown as we're, I think that, you know, Eamon's slowly breaking down over the past six months and I've, everything about that is probably to do with Man United. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the reason, yeah. Yeah, that is the reason. Yeah, yeah he did apologise, but yeah, it seemed quite um, reluctant. But we, anyway, we should talk about Arsenal, obviously, that's why we're here. And today, yeah. um, they sent out an email, didn't they? And they kind of made a statement about the current kind of... I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? The, um, uh, they made a statement about um, what's happening with the players and the staff and how um, they're all... So I think um, 
they're they're not furloughing any of their staff. They're promised to keep on paying all the all the all the non-playing staff throughout yeah. the next few months. Um, and there's this kind of there seems to be a kind of war of attrition going on between the club and the and the big wigs. I think have taken a pay cut um, and all of that, and the players who are kind of taking the PFA line, aren't they? That they won't. They're, they're kind of not yet agreeing to having a across the ball pay cut. What's your feeling, Joe? I mean, you've got to know footballers. You know. You know some of these people. I know you're friends with quite a few footballers and football managers. Yeah. What do you feel about the whole situation? Do you think they, the footballers should just go, all right, we're, t- we're all taking a pay cut and that's that? Well, or do I, you see I, it from... I spoke to... Because I'm quite good friends with Frank Lampard, and I spoke to Frank about it, and I said... Mm. A few weeks ago, I said to him, Frank, the, the footballers have got to do something. Because at the moment, they're getting really bad press. It's bad press and PR. What, and he said, look, they're, they're talking, they're going to do something about it. But I think, you know, when Matt Hancock comes out and, he's, and he, has a, he has a dig at the players, for me, you know, the players are, I feel like the players are, they're working class. The majority of them are working class people with working class families who, who are, a lot of them will have parents or uncles or aunts that have been on the front line. And I think they know their duty. And I think it needs someone strong like, Henderson to lead it for the players as he has done. But I think that when, when politicians, I think it was an easy pot shot from Hancock. I really do. And, yeah. and when, when he talks Hancock, I'm just like, I, I, I cannot absorb. He's the most boring, dull human being in the world. And I feel like it was when he, when he had a pop at the players, I really did think it was an easy shot. It was like a free swing at them. And I think in the end it made him look foolish. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But do you can but do you think Arsenal itself as a club is doing the right thing? Do you think they are do you think I they think, should be trying to go on? I think I think the players should be making big donations. I think the all non playing staff should be paid for. No one should yeah. none of the clubs should be furloughing their non playing staff. And the players should be stepping up and the clubs. And, 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 you know, sometimes it's not just about the players. It's about the owners, you know, Ashley and Levy, who are watching their own backs, making sure their own businesses are all right. And sometimes those owners are treating their clubs just like any other business. And they should be the people stepping up and making those decisions quickly and being on the front foot with it and showing good good examples. Not the players necessarily straight away, even though they should be. Those club owners should be much more proactive in all of this. Yes, yeah, noticeable, isn't it, Josh? That um, even though they're saying um, like they've stopped, you know, they're, they're kind of they're taking a pay cut. A lot of the executives, but there's nothing about Stan Kroenke kind of <laughs> putting any money in at this stage, which I think people are getting quite annoyed about, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's not clear. Well, what they've said today is that the executive team are going to waive more than a third of their salaries over the next year. And I guess if it is the club asking the players to take some kind of um, cut, and it seems to be that they've requested this 12.5% cut over, over the next year, which is worth pointing out there's an element of... Um, you know, into it about how well they actually do on the pitch, saying if they actually qualify for the Champions League, then that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be taken. It could be returned and it would be only 7.5% they'd be looking for were they to make it into the Europa League. So there's an incentive there about on the pitch. But I guess if they're going to go to the players and go, look, we're we're coming to you asking for a pay cut because of the situation we're in, they have to also, you know, take something from their own pocket. So it seems like, if they are in negotiations at the moment, at least they can't be said, well, what are you doing? What are you taking from your, your, your pockets as an executive team? And, and that's something that probably should be given some credit to them. on. Yeah. Yeah. Someone pointed out on, um, on uh, the radio the other day that if that even obviously Stan Kroenke is, is like a billionaire and all of that, but if, if he, for example, actually said, agreed to carry on paying the wages of the players, Without any, say there was no football, you know, at all for the next few months, it it, it would only last about another six months or something. Like even then, he, you know, he couldn't. He, no matter how he, how rich he is, because of all his def- different um, clubs that he runs, his his you know his various clubs in America and all that, his teams that he, even he actually couldn't afford to pay the wages of our players. So so high are football wage bills these days. So it's quite a, a weird situation, isn't it? I think 
it's it's going to be really interesting how the whole wage situation is resolved. I think. Yeah. Well, it seems at the moment the players have obviously said no. I mean, that's the one thing. And obviously you're reading different things put out by different journalists who have got different sources. And some of those sources will have different uh, motivations for putting this into the public domain. And you've also got to bear in mind, if you know, if a player, for example, is saying, yeah, I'm happy to give 12.5% of my wage up and then he gets sold at the end of this season, whenever that is, well, then he won't be able to do that for an entire year. So, so many complications. But I think, you know, it was inevitable this is going to be done on a club-by-club place. Club um, and now it's very hard to to get all the players to agree because, you know, Aubameyang, to give up 12.5% of his wage, I suspect he'll be OK. But there are players in our squad who are not on big big money at the minute and may it will mean more to them in a, in a way. And, you know, Saka, we, we hear, is in negotiations and is supposedly on three grand a week. And it just, I don't know, it's very hard to make a sort of one size fits all because you've also got different agents that are going to be more pushy or less pushy with their clients about whether to do this. But I think Arsenal have done the right thing because part of that statement did say today, you know, amongst a lot of waffle about the players keeping busy, that they don't want to comment until the private discussions have concluded. Um, and, you know, we always talk about Arsenal trying to do things in the classy way. I think they've been trying to be open today and say, look, we're in a difficult financial period, as everyone knows, and we've gone to the players and we're, we're hoping that they will come up with some kind of solution. And, and Josh, I don't, it feels like it's going to go somewhere in the middle from both Josh, sides. The, go on, the, the, For me, the players, the players should take the cut and Saka, if he's the worst-played player in the squad then the other players should step in for him. You know, Aubameyang, Lacassette, yeah. whoever yeah. it is. That's how it should work. They should all take it across the board. And if they want to put a kitty in for Saka, then do that. But, you know, <laughs> fundamentally, they should all be taking it. And, and and you know, three grand a week is, you know, considering what's going on out there. There'll be people listening to this going, are you mad? You know, it's <laughs> no. a load of money. And so I feel that, you know, regardless, they should all be taking it across the board or there should be some big donations from them all and the club should be swallowing it and carrying on. But, you know, when when will the season start again? Will it start again? You know, what do we think is going to happen with the season? Because whatever well, that's happens, an, an, yeah. it's going to be controversial, whatever it is. So whether yeah. you are yeah. rallying behind the, right, we stop completely the season from now that's finished everyone picks up again uh in september and you are in you are in the same position as the start of this year right you give liverpool the trophy everyone else starts in this now there'll be some efl teams like leeds and west brom that won't be happy but do, it's, there's going to be controversy whatever you do what do you do well, I think they have to. I mean, I, I think they have to finish the season. I, I don't think they. I think they have to work out a way. I mean, it looks like the most likely thing that's going to happen in, in terms of the the, the general, what well, the whole the country and the virus and the lockdown is that I think within the next you know couple of months at least, um, you know they they will let they will allow people slowly to to return to normality if you like or some or whatever the new version of the new normal is but what, i think within a couple of months i think they can start playing football in some way shape or form again it may be behind closed doors or whatever but i think the priority has to be to work out the best way of of finishing the premier league of playing those last 10 games or whatever so what do you no do, how do, long you it do? Takes. you do it behind closed doors starting yeah, if in need be. june and you just yeah. play on through all well what and then next season what just kicks off yeah then you just per yeah or delay the start of the next season have fewer games next season i think the priority has to be to resolve this season and then so everything else is every, you can work out everything else after that can't as far as i'm concerned i don't think you've got to finish this season and i think that's what uh, i don't know i just feel there's no there, there, there has to be a way of finishing the season if if you know i mean if if the virus continues ruining our lives for the next for beyond that period, then that's a different matter. But if, if, if slowly they're trying to return to normality, then I think they have to, they have to finish it. Yeah, I, I think, I, and look, I, you, you're both much more involved in the TV side of things than me, but on the sports side, it's obviously huge and, and well-documented. And, you know, I think last year, 
you know, Arsenal, because you get a set payment and then it's also about how many times you're shown on the on the live games. But last year, Arsenal getting 185 million in broadcast revenue. Well, if you think about the fact we still, you know, had games that were going to be shown live on TV, there's still a, you know, a significant percentage of that that would go missing were these games not to take place. And what has to be far more likely, as you say, Boyd, is that there are games that just don't have fans there. And every home game, we know Arsenal make three million quid. So you're missing a bunch of, of home games there. So there's undeniable revenue that, that is just going to disappear that for whatever scenario is probably not going to come back. And therefore the club are going to try and find a, a solution. I mean, we should have mentioned as well that Arteta, I suppose, has gone to the players and asked them, asked them to all donate a week's wages to help cover the staff of lower paid, um, sort of lower paid salaries um, all around the club. And obviously, you know, that's that's sort of 2%. You know, we're talking about 12.5% cuts. That, that would already be a 2% if you if you take just one week out of it. So um, supposedly the players do want those assurances. Because I think it's one of the things that, I, you know, as I, I deal with um, a lot of ex-players and you talk to them and the friendships that they build up with people all around the club, whether it's, you know, the secretaries or the guy on the gate or the groundsman, those are really serious. And I think people you know, maybe don't, don't realize that. And that, you know, I've been amazed at how people keep in touch with, you know, one of the team from the medical team, because, you know, they might've been out injured for two months and that person became their best mate. So I think it makes sense that players want to know that everyone else is going to be protected if they are going to be asked to put more money in. Um, but I'm with you on the, on the point you're making. I think this season will, will be, will be solved. And even, you know, I was just to go off piece. I was talking with someone from the FA on a, on a work thing and, talking about you know different scenarios and you know you listen to talk sport or five life and people talk about well do they need to carry on with the fa cup and and you know just to you realize how much money is made from the two fa cup semi-finals and the fa cup semi and the fa cup final and england having a couple of friendlies if these things don't get played or rearranged at some point that's huge revenue loss that the fa can't then do so much of the work they Mm. do and everyone can't so i just think in some way it all it all will happen, and then it will kind of be well. What do we do next year? Yeah, because and talking about TVs is important because I I saw a I saw a tweet a while ago from a, a a cameraman, a sports cameraman, saying his life had been you know his job had been ruined within you know within a couple of weeks of this whole thing starting, and you have to think about those people. And I think football football employees leads to the employment of so many people it's an in, in massive industry it's not just you know and i just think they have to they have to sort it out i mean it's one of many industries they have to sort out the whole tv industry as well yeah. <laughs> of course but you know but i think and i think that you know we can say that about the tv industry we can say it about any industry and i think that fundamentally at this point isn't it it's just about keeping people alive and then <laughs> and then yeah after yeah. that you know and i know we all agree and after that we can look and, and, you know, I agree that, you know, whilst this is happening, while people are trying to save people's lives and we find out just the effect that this will have this pandemic, that we need to be making plans. You know, what are the plans being made for the Premier League now? How many serious conversations are going on with the execs at the Premier League, FIFA, the, the owners yeah. of the clubs, you know, they should be in deep conversation now, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think I've heard... Yeah I, I, yeah, I think they are, yeah, yeah. But I, I it's mean, interesting. I, I remember, Go you on. know, just, just going back on, you know, I remember um, it, it was the Manchester City game. Do you remember that we was called off really late when we were yeah. supposed to go up and play Man City? And, you know, the, the, the Premier League, you know, that's obviously, uh, you know, something that they had to, you know, do in line with, you know, other advice that was given and, you know, I, I remember hearing about that, you know, several, you know, the like six, seven hours before it was made public because the guys at the Premier League and, you know, someone that we worked with was supposed to be working on the game. And I just, from what I, from what I know of the people that sort of work around football and the punditry and that side of things is, you know, they are constantly working on whatever scenario may be thrown their way because, you know, so many people's jobs are ultimately at risk if this money yeah. doesn't get paid if for these broadcasters around the world couldn't as as you'd expect because if you paid for a product and you don't get it you you would ask for a refund as as all of us are if you you know if our flight can't go or our holiday can't be done or, or, or whatever it is that, that we've had so um i'm sure some kind of behind closed doors some kind of tournament 
where it is going to be loads of games in a few days is, is the only viable solution. I mean, I did see, it does feel a little bit like sports journalists are having to find any little last bloke across the world who will give an opinion. Um, <laughs> Why, to, someone, to, has someone phoned you? No, yeah. no I, I'm so far low down. I think there'd be another, this would have to go on another sort of two, three years for me to get a call. But someone sort of, you know, I saw a news piece today, you know, some American scientists going, I don't think you'll be able to have 60,000 people in the stadium for 18 oh, months. Oh, I saw that, yeah. I Did you see that? that? Because yeah. it was like a yeah. hook on Arsenal and it was a hook to write yeah. about. So, God knows. I mean, like, we're not going to all be letting the stadium remember, be like, right. one in every three or four seats can be taken. It just seems mad. Yeah. You can't do that. But do you remember the really weird, the really weird thing is it's so, it's so life has changed so completely. And like what people say about these things has changed so completely. I remember like four or five weeks ago when they started doing these daily press conferences, I I watched them obsessively, the daily press conferences and that Patrick Valance, that chief science officer was asked about, this was before they, the lockdown was instituted and he was asked about, you know, people going to, the racing, going to football matches. And he kind of had a long-winded answer where he said, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not that bad. You know, the, the virus yeah. isn't going to be passed on that much within a well within 60,000. And I'm like, what was he talking about? Well, the, now the, I feel the, like we could never go back to that. Go on. The, the, the Cheltenham races, the, the, yes. the, the, the fact that they did that was absolutely disgusting. And the, well, the fact yeah. that we had a two-week start on virtually the rest of Europe, and we were so sluggish to get going on this and to put everyone. And we had Spanish down. football fans in their thousands coming here. Coming to it was it was absolutely ridiculous from the government. And you know, Boris got it. And you know, I think now Boris might think differently about some of his early policies and his early decisions, and maybe even Brexit. Who knows? But I would, uh, <laughs> we live in hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. When when every nationality is saving him from dying. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, we'll Boy, talk what about, do you we'll think? Did you, did you say just, just, just I mean, because it seems that the players have come back, just going back to the players, and I might just to wrap that bit up. The players have come back yeah. and gone, we're happy to defer. And obviously defer is just, isn't taking a cut, it's just pushing it and going, well, we don't mind taking our, you know, May money in September, October, whenever, whenever this comes around. Are you, are you of the opinion that they should just, like, like Dan said, just be taking, like, you know, uh, you know, some responsibility here and, and take yeah, a Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think it's partly because it feels morally, like a moral statement to do that. Um, you know, it's already been done, isn't it? Like the, the Spanish players and Italian players, you know, Barcelona and uh, Juventus, th- those those teams have already done it. You know, they've already... T- totally. They, they, so I just feel it makes... I just And do you know what? I blame the PFA. I don't blame the... I feel the PFA is advising them and advising all the players throughout the league to not agree to this or to be very careful. And, you know, and, all, and, and I know it's the PFA's job as the players' union... But, you know, first of all, Gordon Taylor's still going, by the way. I thought he'd done, uh, like, boy, ages ago. Boyd, Boyd, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> agree with you more. Like, the PFA yeah. are like dinosaurs moving in slow motion with him at the helm. It's like they need a complete yeah. revamp, don't they? You know, and, and yeah, they just need, they need to be brought into this century because they're yeah. sluggish and they're, they're, you know, so poor from them. Uh, and I'm I'm totally pro union, by the way. But I just feel there's a difference between having a union representing people who work, you know, on trains and down mines, and having a union that represents people who are only three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. And I just totally you have to, yeah, yeah, back from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I feel like the players should be should be just just it just seems wrong that they're not going to take some kind of active measure to. to well, I to, think to take I think. Yeah. I think for a start, Pepe should take a massive pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about Pepe and Arsenal in general after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean... And more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. 
Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, so we should talk about last week when Ben Winston was on. He, um, we were talking about Ben. You know, the ben who? Ben who? <laughs> you won't have heard ben, of him. He's a... Ben, I love Arsene Wenger so much. No matter what he does, I will carry on backing him, Winston. That's the one. Yeah, very same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Josh. Yeah, I, I remember even more. Yeah, him. Josh was equally. Oh, was, and, I wasn't going to mention that. Go on. Hang on, Josh. Boyd. I've got. I've got something. To, I on my government mandated walk the other day, I saw Arsene Wenger. <laughs> Whoa! Hold yeah. on. This was. Hold I, I can't believe I haven't told you. It was so exciting. Shell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he. You know what? I, I mean, I was quite far away, uh, but he's got a very distinctive kind. Of, one, he's very, very tall. Um, yeah. And he was in a tracksuit. Was he, he trying to do the zip up? Was he trying to do the zip up? Was <laughs> I, I was, I could, no, I think the zip was uh, was done. <laughs> that was a very exciting moment. But I was, well, I thought it's also the worst time possibly. Not that I spoke to him, I must admit. I was I was about 30 metres, you know, away and, and got a bit closer. But I thought this is probably not a good time um, in society at the moment to get to get too close to anyone. But I thought it's a terrible, you wouldn't be able to have a selfie at the moment. You'd have to ask for one from like two <laughs> metres away. Yeah. It would be a really strange <laughs> no. one. But um, did, you, did you try I'm and take a picture of him anyway? just go at, if I just go at the same time every day for the next however long this lasts, I'm just hoping I'll get nearer and nearer. Are you telling me that Arsene Wenger, what, so he's yeah. walking around? He was having a walk, genuinely. Um, well, my, my parents-in-law don't live that far away either, and they'd seen him about two weeks ago having a walk. So I, I have been on the lookout, but uh, yeah, I was, uh, well, you it was need, very excited. Josh, you, you, um, Josh. I didn't have lunch like Ben and Dermot, but I had a I saw, I saw him on a walk. No. There you go. You need to get yourself a two-metre selfie stick, and that will be social distancing and a selfie yes. at the same time. That's a good That's idea. That's a good point, a selfie okay. stick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But can you I'll imagine if some... It must be hard for him. So was no one, no one was going up. They were leaving him alone, were they? Or just, was there just no one around? Uh, it was very quiet. But, yeah, he, w- he was alone. Uh, just, just yeah, as I say, I, I, there's very little more I can add to the story. Uh, he was alone, walking, uh, with a purposeful stroll, I would say. Josh, and, uh, in, these well, times, in these times of nothing happening, this is huge news. You can't, <laughs> don't, don't downplay it. You know, okay. I mean, is, well, I, yeah. I just thought I'd get that in, but it was a very exciting moment for me. I'm, I'm go- an equally huge yeah. fan. But Dan, what I was going to say was what Ben Winston said last week was yeah. that he felt our squad. We're talking about the general state of Arsenal as you know when that Man City game was suddenly postponed. You know, where yeah. are we in the scheme of things? And he was saying that he thinks that our squad, this current squad, is the strongest it's been for a long time. I think he might have said like five, ten years, something like that. And I kind of agree. What do you think? Because I just think, actually, on paper, we've got a lot of really good players in most positions. And on top of that, Arteta had improved, you know, the defence hugely. You know, players like Xhaka were playing much better. What's your feeling, General? Well, my feeling, General, is this, is that Emery was, you know, a massive mistake. You know, lacked the basic understanding of the players at the club. And what they could do. Arteta, you know, for someone who's, who people say is half glass, half, uh, half empty, I think he is going to be a brilliant coach and manager for Arsenal. I just think that yeah. we are never, ever, ever going to win anything with David Luiz at centre half, Jacker in midfield, and Lacazette as our main striker. And I feel that with Uber looking like he's going, I think if you've got those three players as your spine, and I think Arteta knows this, you are not going to win anything. And and I think David Luiz is playing much better. And Chaka is playing mm. so much better. But they just yeah. aren't good enough for us to win anything. So as long as we've got those in the team, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big critic of Lacazette as well, and I know you love him, but I think he's a lot of work rate, and if you, it, it, for me, he can't play up on his own because he's not quick enough. 
Um, and he's not versatile enough to play anywhere else. So I, I feel as though, for me, you know, we have got a fairly strong squad, but we're still miles away, aren't we? Um, and, and and I don't know if you watched it, Boyd, or you, Josh, but we, I, I watched the ICV4 uh, Vieira versus Keane. It, they repeated it the other night. Oh, yeah. They selected yeah. their fa- their best teams and they... And just, you know, looking back to those days and ironically, there was an argument about that who should be the left back when you joined both of those teams together. And Keane thought Dennis Irwin should have been over Cole, which was ridiculous. <laughs> but ridiculous. Um, I think watching that, you know, it just made you sit, you know, just made you remember how far off we are. Although I think we've got a fantastic manager. Uh, but I think our team, you know, he, he's so good. He got Mustafi playing. You know, Mustafi looked like yeah. our best player, yeah. the best centre half yeah. for a while, which was unbelievable. Yeah. But I do think. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. Go on. I know what you mean. I think I think you could single out those players and say, I mean, you, you know, I, I love that because they're almost more. For I'm not saying he's a brilliant striker. I, I think he's. I think he. You know, he was our player of the year last season for a reason. I think he. You know, we had, we, were you know, we, had we were all I know, I know. But he. But I think he's more skillful and more. I think he knits things together better than you give him credit for. And and even and he's faster than a lot of those kind of players. By the way, like he's not super fast, but he's fast enough certainly for to not slow things down. And I think, uh, but but more. The, but more more of the more to the point, I think we're miles behind certainly Liverpool and, and obviously Man City, but I don't think we're that far behind and possibly not even particularly far behind all the others. Do you know what I mean? I feel like us, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man yeah, U, but, but, but Boyd, but Boyd are all in a kind of secondary but Boyd, fight gone. All of those teams, they're awful at the moment. The standard of those teams, Tottenham Mourinho's taking Tottenham Tottenham backwards, which is brilliant but they are that they must be regretting Poch going so much sacking Poch like what a mistake like Mourinho is awful you know Solskjaer is you know that Man United team is weak you know Frank's trying to sort out the Chelsea team but you know they are inconsistent at the back Uh, you know and and we are one of a bunch of average teams and you know for me I've always been a massive supporter of Ozil massive supporter of him like quality but even he you just feel like at the moment with him and with Mustafi and David Luiz and Chaka and Lacazette and and, uh, you know you just we just feel like we're, we're we're an average team and even I hate to say it and I love him, but Bellerin feels a yard. He's lost a yard of pace since coming back from his injury. And he was an outstanding fullback that now I think is an average fullback. And so I feel as though we are, we, we're a really average team. And we've got, a, I think, I feel like we've got a manager who can be an excellent manager. But are we going to invest in the squad? Do we need to get rid of Ozil straight away, get some money back for wages? You know, we do, we are two or three, you know, uh, windows away from being where we want to be, I think, unfortunately. But, but our young players are. Yeah, what about the young, I was going to say, what about the young players are exciting, aren't they? The Saka, Martinelli. Well, Saka, I think Saka and Martinelli are two players that can be top, top players. Yeah. You know, top players that we're used to seeing. And, I love Martinelli. Like Martinelli is that when he scored that, I was at that Chelsea game when he scored, I was there Mm. uh, with Ramesh and, uh, and we were, we were, and when Martinelli scored, Ramesh squeezed my knee so hard because we're obviously (laughs) in one of the Chelsea boxes and he squeezed my knee so hard. It was, and then, with Bellerin, it was sensational. But Martinelli, I love Martinelli. He is tenacious. He's skillful. He's a brilliant player. He's the future for Arsenal. And I'd rather play him than Lacazette. Every time I'd rather play him. Um, well, I yeah, was, I mean, he kind of... I was sorry, Boyd. I was just going to say, I, you know, Saka no, has made... 
Saka has made as many appearances as Lacazette in all competitions this year. They both both appeared 20, 21 times this season. I think, it, you know, under Wenger, we would always see these players in, in the Carabao Cup. They would come through youngsters and they'd get a game here and a, a game there and possibly a substitute appearance in the, the league. This really feels different with, with, with Saka, like the first one where you think, no, he's, yeah. he's going to be here for the long run. He's a starter. Um, and watching Martinelli doing his weights on Instagram, you know, by the time we get football again, he might, he might not recognize him. He's going to be, he's going to be look like such a different guy because if he's got what he's got as a forward player, but he bulks up a bit and can do a bit more of the holding up then wow, what, what a player we might have for the next half many years. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's incredibly yeah. exciting. And Pepe, he's going to have to just on the Pepe thing quickly. He, he, there's no way, you know, we've, he, he costs, what, 72 million or whatever. He has to tr- work, he has to incorporate him, doesn't he? He has to make it work. Does he? And I Does think, he? Is, is, is it ridiculous? Well, how much have we paid for Pepe? Is it installments? How much have we paid? How much can we not pay? What's the deal there? I don't know. <laughs> you know, can we give him back and get a bit of money? <laughs> like, uh, like for, for, what is he, 72? Don't you- I know you, you yeah. take 72 million, yeah. I know yeah, you like take that, that is a okay. ludicrous amount of money for a player of his ability. Ludicrous. Whatever you say, it's a joke. That is a don't joke. You, Dan, don't you get excited when he's on the ball? Come on, he's an exciting player. No, do you know what I feel when he's on the ball? What is he going to do? He's either going to yeah. give it away <laughs> yeah. in about five seconds because he's going to keep hold of it for too long. Or he's going to miscontrol it, or he's going to beat a player, right? But two out of those three are bad, and one out of those three is good. And for me, that's not a £72 million player. £72 million player, it is, he's either going to do something good, he's either going to do something very good, or he's going to score a goal. That is a £72 million player. Whereas Pepe is no way near that and he is you know it, he is a microcosm of arsenal and he, he you know because he's he's we've spent a lot of money on him and we were crying out to spend money but what a waste of 72 well i but i just think that you, you know he, he he can he does get tackled quite a lot he's the, he's our only player who does what he does he's the, he's, he's the first player we've had for ages who does that who's a dribbler, who attacks players, who tries to get past them. And I just think if anyone can drill consistency into him and improve him and make him a 72 million pound player, it is Arteta. So I just feel, I think he is a really exciting player. And I think, you know, I think, you're, I, th- I think more often than not, he does, he's, his stats are really good this season. You know, for someone who does not play, Boyd. He, Boyd. No, he's, Boyd. he's doing well. Boyd, Glenn First Helder. Season, Glenn no, Helder was an exciting player. He was. Don't. He is Glenn Helder Mark Two. Trust <laughs> no, me. he's not. He's I, not. That's just one. One thing to say here about you know seventy-two million pound player split over five years. So we're talking what fourteen and a bit million um, a year. Uh, whatever football landscape we come back to, it doesn't feel like we're going to see huge transfer fees in the immediate period after it doesn't make sense everyone's got you know less money and there'll be some sort of owners around the world that might be willing to sort of really splash out at a time that they can maybe get players for a bit less but i just don't see how we'd be able to offload him for anything that would make it you know to get a significant amount of that of that money back and it's a bit of a worry if a bamiang isn't going to sign a contract and somebody's in his last year and the market might have gone down 10 15 million on on what it was and, and that will be a bit of a, a worry as well well, hopefully we kept the receipt for Pepe. But what about what do you what do you think about Ozil? You two, I I think I mean I I've been pleased with the way um, I, I was absolutely furious about him. You know, for about the last eighteen months. You know, I I think he's I think he really I I know Emery was a massive disappointment and all of that. But I could always under, I could actually understand what he did with with Ozil because I just thought Ozil didn't did not give us much at all whenever he was picked. And I feel like with most of the players, as it, when Arteta arrived, he has improved them. And I feel like Ozil has done some really good things. He's had some really good games. But equally, I feel like most games, I feel like, come on, you, you've got to give us more than this as that kind yeah. of player. Yeah. And I feel, I, I would not, 
you know, I, I feel about all the players. Well, Arteta could probably make something of them, but con- but considering how much we're paying him and what we could do with that money, hopefully, I, I'd be happy for, for us to, to to get rid of him. But Josh. I don't feel I don't feel Arteta will. No, I don't. I don't think he will. And he's on huge money that again is probably not coming from anywhere else. It seems very settled in London for everything that you read and, and see. So I'm pretty sure he's he's with us for the next couple of years. I, I think we've we've come a long way from where we were last year where he was being possibly humiliated by being left out of the squad or or, or left out of the bench and in a time where Wenger would protect him and you know, tell us about his illness or injuries and would sort of take him out when he was been in the firing line and it wasn't quite happening. That just didn't happen under Emery. I think we've seen an improvement under Arteta and I was sort of looking forward to seeing how that developed over the rest of the season because Arteta's, you know, formed an opinion quite quickly that he did want him in his starting lineup and that that was quite encouraging. So uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll obviously I, keep I, him. I agree, but I don't even think he's been that good under Arteta. I think games have passed him by still, and I think that oh, yeah. Yeah. he just needs to show more, doesn't he? For a player who is is such a scratch record with him, it, he just needs to show more, you know. But you know, if you do, you know, getting off of him and onto what I think are highlights for the club, for the club, Leno, massive highlight for the club, you know, huge, yeah. Saka, Martinelli. Yeah. Yeah. Uber, all big highlights for the club. And I think that, unfortunately, after that, you know, who else have you Kieran got? Kieran Tierney to come in. Yeah, but who have you got that have been highlights? Who? who oh, I who? see highlights. Well, yeah. No, um, it would be interesting to see if you two could name us any, any other highlights because other than that, I feel like you could you could swap out any other player in that squad. Um, well, I think I think Torreira did well as it, when when he came back when when Arteta came back and put him back in his yeah. But Arteta position. Arteta doesn't fancy him. I don't think he fancies him. I don't think Arteta is a big fan of his. Uh, I think he likes him more than Emery did. I think you know. I think he. I think he. I don't know. I think I think you. I think you'll stay, and I think he'll he'll do good stuff. I think he's a really good player. But I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean you're right. In 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 the in the last season and and last two seasons, none hardly any players have have, have done particularly well. You're right. Yeah. That, can to, I, to your can I ask you both a, a question that just wants a one-worded answer? Terrera, yeah, this is good because we're running out of time. Go on. Torreira or yeah. Guendouzi? Oh, Torreira, hundred percent. Torreira. Right. Okay. What do you? you? Look, I, I, I really like them both, but I feel like there's only one place for for the two of them in the team. But I really like them both. I think they're both pluses for the for the for the squad. Um, but they haven't had their best games, I don't think, recently, as in when we last played. But I do, I do like them both. But that's because they've got Chaka next to him, and I think he's fucking awful. Boydo, yes. I know we have to go shortly, but I just wanted to share a couple of things with you. I've been watching some of the old season reviews as, as we get through this isolation period. I watched this week yeah. the 1996-97 the um, season review. So that's the one, just to, to remind everyone, where Arsene Wenger came in. So the season starts with Pat Rice and with Stuart Houston. Then Stuart Houston gets the job at QPR. So suddenly Pat Rice is on his own. Looking after the looking after the team, and then Wenger comes in. There's three glorious moments I have to share on the podcast. One, Martin Keown was our player of the season. That, that <laughs> passed me by. Didn't know how it was. Genuinely, that's brilliant. Our player of the season. Paul yeah. Merson famously scored 99 goals for Arsenal, and his last one was in was in the January of that season. He had a really good season under Wenger in that first season. And they've got this interview with him, which is done before the penultimate game of the season, where they sort of jokingly take the mick that he's been on 99 for a long time. And he goes, oh, well, don't worry, I'll get it next year or the year after that. I'm not worried about it. And then he gets sold to, to Middlesbrough, you know, for, um, was it four and a half million quid, became the highest ever paid player to, you know, transfer fee to go to the championship. But the most bizarre video, which I think I'll put up on our, our Twitter feed later, is that was a season. Do you remember when Robbie Fowler went down for a penalty at, at Highbury and David Seaman hadn't touched it? Yes. Yeah. And then Fowler yes. said, no, no, it wasn't a pen. 
So they've done yeah, an interview with David Seaman at the end of a season where he's still obviously very angry. He gets very serious talking about it. And he goes, well, we need to do something about this in football. Perhaps we could see the introduction of something like a third eye so we don't get this happening anymore. So David Seaman wow. was calling for VAR effectively in 1997. Wow. So he was so Incredible. far ahead of, ahead of his time which I found like a really, you know, wonderful clip 22 years ago. Yeah, that is incredible. I'm going to put it up. I've got the VHS of that, of that video, by the way, still in my box of old Arsenal video cassettes. (laughs) I mean, I haven't got anything to fucking watch it on, but I've still got most of those end of season videos, actual original VHS copies. They're still there. Yeah. But we we have, we are running out of time. We've got, we've got to finish, but um, Dan, it's been fantastic having you back. Thank you. Yeah, thank um, you, Dan, for coming. When, we're, when are we next? Uh, I hope we're all getting a European away next year if we have European football. Uh, was it Cologne? I remember that. Was that the last one of the last trips I remember seeing you, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to Cologne. Yeah. yeah uh, we've done a few European nights. So I always like those trips abroad for the. You bump. You bumped, was it, was it, we, where do we bump into Andy Impey? Where was that, boy? <laughs> yeah, Andy Impey. I can't believe you're bringing out Andy Impey. That was, wasn't that, in, that was somewhere in Germany, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think Cologne. that was yeah. Munich. I think he was smashing. Munich, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. And then we got Andy, Andy Impey had about one tooth and a pair of like <laughs> faded <laughs> denim jeans on. He looked like he'd just been cleaning out the bar. Yeah, and then he came on our live podcast with I think with Nigel Winterburn, and he and he kind of disgraced himself. So that was all unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> glory days, glory days. <sighs> oh dear, Dan, thanks so much for coming back. And um, uh, oh, we want to get. By the way, congratulations to Keir Starmer, the lead. I meant to say this earlier on, the new leader yeah. of Labour Party, and another Arsenal fan. Oh really? So we've got yeah, we've got to get him on the podcast, Josh. So Robert Peston and Keir Starmer are my two guests that we need to get on. Well, well, I, I think, uh, thank, but first of all, thank you for having me. And secondly, I think you've got to get Matt Lucas on singing the baked potatoes. Oh, and Matt. Yeah, we've got to get Matt on. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Well made. Yeah. So we'll get all those on and um, we'll have, a, and we'll be back next week. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Josh. All right, thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.